All right. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode here on the Lure Lab, a part of the Serious Angler Network. As always, I am your host, the Captain Andrew Full, and today we are diving into a cool little bait that just got dropped by a not-so-known smallmouth company down in Texas. And if you follow the Serious Angler podcast at all, you will know that we just had Benjamin Nowak on from Michigan, who had a key part in designing this bait. And yes, we're talking about the Excite Baits Minobi today. And I think it's going to be more than just a drop shot bait. And that's why I want to talk about it. I got a bunch of them in. I bought it before we talked to him because I've been seeing all of the marketing ads all over Instagram for this particular bait. And you should backtrack and go back and listen to all the technical aspects of the bait that been dropped on the Serious Angler Network. And all that is down below in the description if you're listening here on YouTube or if you're on MP3 listening to this episode. But um, the main purpose of this episode is to talk about how I am going to rig it going forward just based off my first impressions on the bait. I'm going to pull one out of the bag here in a minute. And then some other techniques that I think that this bait is going to excel on. So first off, let's start right where the heart is, right? As a smallmouth guide here on Lake Erie out of Buffalo, one of the main techniques that we always use is going to be the drop shot. So that's where the Minobi was designed. And the first color I'm going to pull out here is going to be the old Ben color. And I bought a couple different colors and I, I'm going to use them doing different things. But first one, the old Ben, and this color is cool. First thing about the Excitebaits, these are the first ones I've ever owned. The first thing I'll notice is that they're not salty at all. I believe they are poured without salt so they float a ton which is actually really important when it comes to a drop shot and this is one of the key downfalls i feel like to a flatworm is that when you put it on your your hook and you put it in a pool the first thing you'll always notice is that say your hook is through the nose here the bait is just laying down so you twitch it then it comes back up and you move it a little bit and that falls back down and the thing about max then is it's max dispersion of scent so the way the bait is designed is it leaves this beautiful scent trail behind the bait and that's ultimately what attracts smallmouth and has made it an absolute game changer smallmouth are very opp opportunistic feeders so when they have a good scent they're going to come but there are days where the flatworm just doesn't work i mean let's be real it always works but there are days that other baits may work better than a flatworm and that could be if you're on a body of water and every single person in an area is throwing a flatworm. And that's why I wanted to buy these and test them out here over the next week before I start putting them in the hands of my clients. Cause I want to see what they are. But my first impressions of getting this bait in my hand is really neat. First thing I noticed is that it has these two fins here on the side. So what that's going to do, depending on the way you rig it is it's going to help this bait stay up like this. Or if you rig it upside down, which I think is where it's going to excel for me, is by rigging it upside down, it's going to cause this tail to quiver more because of the way they designed it with this bulbous style tail and then the fork here in the fin. So what this fin does is as it's falling in that water, it's probably kind of hard to see, but right here on this fin, it sticks out a little bit kind of like 
a dorsal fin on a fish. And then it has a rounded cylinder shaped tail that leads into that bulbous spot. And as it's falling on a drop shot, this is going to cause that tail to have the ultimate wiggle to it. And I think that's going to be very important for a small mouth because one is high float. It says right so right on the bag, and that's due to it not having salt in it. But with this tail just sitting there wiggling and you're dead sticking it, like you're scoping small mouth and you're dead sticking it there, this tail is forever going to move based on the current while it's floating high so the fish can key in and get on it now the one thing i did notice is that it does not have a scent on it and i have become a huge believer in scent so i would go out and pick up your favorite scent me personally i'm a potsky guy so the bass scent garlic anise crawfish i wish they made a goby one i gotta get them to make a goby one that'd be good but then on the episode on tuesday night live he was talking about how he uses Procure for a scent for all of his baits. So if that's your style, get it on there, bait fuel, whatever you like. But back to the drop shot before I ramble on too much longer. There's two ways to rig this bait. One is upside down and one is up. And there's all kinds of different colors here. I got black. I've got Sandman which is a really cool color. I'm going to dive into that in a second. And I also got Old Ben, which I've already talked about. And then I got this color called Caution. And it looks like they've hit this chartreuse color, like dead stick out of the park. It's a little bit more translucent. This one I'm really excited about. I had some good days with this color when the light conditions are a little bit darker. So on a real cloudy day, that might be a bait that you want to put on and test out. But with the drop shot in the Minobi, you can rig it upside down or flat side up. It's going to give it a little bit different action. This one, as it falls, if you have the flat side down, it's going to fall very flat. It's not going to have a ton of wiggle and shimmy or list in the bait. If you rig it upside down with the fin down on the tail, that's going to cause it to have a ton of action. And as you're dead sticking, the bait's going to move better. If you're if you're a twitcher like I am with the drop shot, that tail is really, really going to move, I think. And also, these fins are going to help stabilize that bait as it's falling, but it's also going to have a lot of list to it as it's falling because of the fact that it has a rounded body. Now, one feature that I do find really, really cool, and I wish every single bait in the world would do this, and it was ingenious by Excite and Ben to put this in the bait, but if you look really closely, I'm hoping that this stands out if you're watching on YouTube. Right about there, you can kind of see it. But there's a line that runs right down the middle of the bait. And we're going to talk about that line more in a couple different ways that I think you're going to be able to rig this. But with the nose hooking, what you want to do is if you come through the bait, right about here, you always go like a quarter of the inch back or wherever you like to know. So everybody likes to do it differently. When you, when you pop that hook point through, you have that line that runs down the center of the body. So you'll be able to get that hook in there perfectly straight, dead center every single time. And I think that's really, really important. But before we move on to the other techniques, I kind of want to show you the colors here more on the camera and hopefully they show really well but we'll start with the caution color i'll pull it out now with caution 
which is this crazy highlighted chartreuse color here. And the first thing I've noticed is that they do a really good job. Every pour is spot on. Every bait looks the same. There's no deformities, no crinkled tails. They did a really good job. And maybe it's the style of plastic that you're using. But this bait here is going to shine on your overcast days or if they're just really negative towards any other color it doesn't hurt to think outside the box with smallmouth when drop shotting or just fishing any type of hardware chartreuse and this is something that i learned from listening to bass talk live in frank scalish uncle frank that smallmouth sees chartreuse as just another natural color like white and the further down it goes in the water column it looks chartreuse to us, but the way that bass see things that and the way their pigmentation works in their eyes, chartreuse actually turns white to bass. So if you have a pearly chartreuse color like this as it's falling down, it actually looks very realistic to smallmouth, and that is why they bite it really, really well. And it's just bright. You can see it. You could bed fish with it. If you're fishing shallow and it's cloudy and you know that you have big cruisers, you can see it probably from a mile away. They did a really good job with this caution color. The next color is the Sandman. This one I'm really excited about because gobies, when you start catching them out deep on isolated rock, you'll get like five or six of them if you actually catch them on your bait when you pull them up they'll all look different but the one thing that they almost always have is a tan clear like a tan brownish top which this one's really clear and then like a pearl belly with some black flake the only thing that i think would have made this bait even better is if they made it with a little bit of purple flake and i feel like if you're trying to imitate gobies you need to get a purple into the bait somehow. If it's a pearl, like a real light pearl, iridescent. Um, there's just something about gobies when you pull them out, when they're this color of a sand with that clear opaque belly and a sandy top, that beige brown color. Yes, they have black in them, but if you hit the light on them just right, they almost get a purple iridescent to them. I think that's one way that the Sandman color would have excelled, but I think it's going to work really well on those calm days where it's super clear. You haven't had any wind in like four or five days. The lake's at its ultimate clearest visibility. And that's when you're going to run that Sandman. With Old Ben, the first color I talked about, this is just your staple green, dark green pumpkin, purple copper flake. It's one of the greatest colors that in tubes, like one of the greatest tube bait colors that you will ever buy for smallmouth on the Great Lakes or inland lakes if they love to eat tubes. And then always with smallmouth, I feel like you cannot beat black. There are just days where they will eat nothing else but black. So I almost always have something black tied on, albeit with a drop shot or as we're getting into our next technique where we'll start right now, a Ned rig. Like I love dragging and hopping a black Ned rig bait, be like a little general or a three inch Sanko or a TRD. I think the color is yoga pants and Z man, even I don't, I can't believe I'm going to say this. Even the Guggen baits, they have a rattling Ned. And it's the only Guggen bait I own. There is a black rattling Ned 
that I have caught a lot of really big bass on. And the only reason why I picked it up is a good friend of mine, Brandon Brown, who fishes the Toyotas, the Costas, I believe it is. It's either Costas or Toyotas, whatever that series is on the MLF side. He has absolutely waxed me with that black Guggen Squad Ned Rig. So I bought some. I haven't had one in my boat in a year or two, but I have caught a lot of good smallmouth on that. And there's something about drop shotting black on a cloudy day. It silhouettes really well in the water. And I feel like you get just a couple extra bites when you drop shot black or drag it on a Ned Rig. Now that's technique number two is the Ned Rig, right? Like I feel like, this bait, especially not on a screw lock. I'm a huge screw lock guy, but I think this one's going to excel with like a single wire keeper, a really thin hook, and you can buy the mold at Do It Molds and pour your own jig heads, maybe like a 16th ounce to up to a quarter on a in a paint powder coat your jig head black with a owner 5313 5318 gami 604 hook whatever your flavor of hook is with that round bend jig hook super light wire i think this guy is going to excel because the issue with a three inch turd is the tail has absolutely it has action but it has very dead action and sometimes smallmouth i don't think they get turned off to a dead action but they want a tail that quiver. So I've experimented with like cutting hit worms down and threading it on the hook and carving like things like swim Sankos. I've caught them dragging a Ned with a swim Sanko just to give it a little bit more of a tail quiver. That's where this is going to excel. Now, which way I'm going to rig it. I really think I'm going to rig it upside down when I throw it out of Ned rig because the bulk of the baits mass is on the curved side with that line. So you're going to, have to be really careful to make sure that you get this bait straight. Actually, you know what? This is interesting as I'm sitting here looking at the way that they poured it. And it's going to be really hard to see here, but there is a line down the center of the bait on the belly too. And I think it's the way that it's injected into the mold, but it creates a faint line down the middle. So you will be able to rig this bait straight. But I'm going to rig it upside down, one, because of the wire keeper. I don't want it tearing through the plastic. But as I was talking about what rigging it upside down on the drop shot bait, and this is just specifically for like the solid colors, like old Ben, black, caution, even if you want to drag something super bright. The Sandman will always be rigged upside the right way with the tan side up. The pearlescent side down just because i think that's the way a goby should look but with this black one i'm going to rig it upside down with the jig head in hook coming out with a i'm going to think probably like a size one ot hook i think will be a really good hook for this bait i would have i have to pour an experiment i literally just got these baits in the mail today as we're talking so i'm really just talking through my initial thoughts on it and then the hook's going to come out and what that's going to do with the flange and the bulbous tail as you're working this bait on the Ned rig and you're hopping it when you kill it, this tail, because of the high flow, is going to just sit there and wiggle as much as it humanly possibly can every time you move it. And you hop it, that tail, because the flange is down and the way that the water is going to go around it, I think that's going to be really key to getting a ton of bites. 
Now, the third way I think you could fish this bait, and I would have to try it, is Beast Coast makes an open water sniper jig in three-eighth and half ounce. I feel like this bait, because there's a lot of baits I put on that. I've put flat nose minnows. I've put flat worms. I've put generals, sankos. I've put craw trailers on it. This is going to be a unique trailer. It's not going to add a ton of weight to it. So in the high float, every time you hit a rock, I feel like that tail is just going to sit there and waggle. And it's going to draw a ton of bites. And I want to talk about the setups first because I completely skipped over that. So for a drop shot setup, I'm going to use my Alpha Angler Spy Bait Finesse Rod. It's a seven foot two medium action rod um, with eight pound, eight to twelve pound braid and like six pound fluorocarbon leader. The Ned Rig, I will use the same rod, but if I go to a heavier weight, like a quarter ounce, I'll use my wrench, which is a seven foot medium, as opposed to a seven foot two, just to get a little bit more torque on them. If I'm using a heavier gauge hook and I got to get them up and out, out of the rock so I don't break them out or around like pilings, etc. I'll use a little bit stiffer rod. That I'll use the same braid, eight to twelve pound test braid and then to an eight pound fluorocarbon leader and now with the football jig there's a couple different ones besides the beast coast open water sniper there is a kitech model two football jig that will work really well uh trying to think of another one picasso makes a really good finesse football jig so virtually whatever your favorite finesse football jig is i think this is going to be a really good dynamite trailer if you like to throw that for smallmouth and don't be afraid to mix and match so if you're throwing a black football jig maybe put like an old ben on there or a sandman just for a contrast to it and the number one key that a lot of people miss out on when they rig up these jigs is they'll pull it out of the box they'll tie it on put the trailer on throw it out there and it's like my trailer has no action well Huge tip, make sure you cut the skirting on that football jig. By cutting that skirting, you're going to expose the trailer more, depending on what trailer you use, like a paddle tail, a Minobi, a General, etc. And that's going to help that trailer get more action out of it. And it's going to make the bait have an even smaller profile, which smallmouth just absolutely can't stand. They love smaller profiles. I'm going to throw down like a seven-foot medium to a seven foot five medium, depending on how far I need to cast and fishing on anywhere from 12 to 17 pound test, depending on the finesse jig and the, the stoutness of the hook. So you don't want to pair up too heavy of a fluorocarbon line to a really light wire finesse hook because you're going to break you're going to flex out that hook when you set the hook. So you got to make sure you're using the appropriate fluorocarbon line to the jig that you're using. But I think the black one on like a black jig or a green pumpkin jig or old Ben on a black one, I really think that's something if you have not experimented with it to try it, you're going to get some bites with it. And I'm sure you're going to put some bass in the boat. And I'm sure this... On the lakes, like if we have any West Coast listeners here, I'm sure on any of body of water that you have a lot of sculpin in, which the first one that comes to mind from talking to people would be like the Columbia River. This might be a bait that you want to try on the Columbia, and I'm sure you're going to get a ton of bites. So <clears throat> the do it molds juice of the week here. Here it is, right? 
you can custom create a bunch of tackle. And the juice of the week for me on this is because you can create your own tackle by purchasing the lead molds and the hooks from do it molds is get purchase your own Ned rig stuff buy the stuff to go out in mold jigs and start experimenting with hooks. I feel like when you purchase Ned rig heads from your local tackle store or Cabela's Dick's Omnia, you're getting the hook that, Whoever designed that head, they made it just as a generality, right? Like when you're able to make your own jig heads and put your own hooks in, you can almost custom tailor that setup to the rod that you want to use, to the line that you want to use, to the bait that you want to use. So you can really change the action of your bait based on the hook that you put into the jig head that you poured yourself. So it gives you the ultimate custom custom ability to create tackle. So you could have a size two, one, one out, two out, three out hook and fish an entirely different array of baits on a Ned rig. So with this, like a size one, size two, one out, one out might be the biggest hook you want, but now you don't have to go and buy 13 different brands and figure out which one sells what size hook as to where you can just pick up your own do-it molds mold, get melt down your lead, warm it up, wear your safety equipment so you don't burn your hands, pour your own jig heads, powder coat them the way that you want, and then you have the full customized fishability jig heads to go out and catch more bass and that is the do it molds juice of the week so i appreciate everybody bearing with me here as i'm uploading this episode here for everyone and that you're listening i had some technical difficulties so we were not able to get the episode done that we were trying to record last night for you this week and i got excited when i got home from a family party and saw these baits and i was like i'm gonna record an episode about the Minobi. So I hope everybody enjoyed this. If you were on MP3, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, please leave a review on the Lure Lab so more bass fishermen, bass people, bass women, we all see these episodes here. More people can tune in and we can spread more knowledge and wealth to those who want to try to catch more bass and put more bass in the boat. If you're on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Leave a comment down below if you've checked out the Minobi or if you plan to check out the Minobi. I can't wait for them to get on Omnia. As soon as they do, we will put that link up. And then, as always, thanks for always tuning in. And we will see you on Tuesday Night Live over on the Serious Angler Network podcast. Make sure you tune in for next week's episode. And until then, we will see you later.